0: Welcome to our service on YouTube. As you can see, I'm recording in the manse this week. A couple of intimations before we start. Next Sunday, we'll be celebrating Holy Communion in Bigger Kirk. So please prepare your bread and your juice or wine if you're going to be watching online so that you can join with us. Sunday Club will recommence next week. So all children in primary school are welcome to come along to church and then go down to the hall with the Sunday Club teachers. Next Sunday evening, we will be holding the first, for a very long time, of our intergenerational evening services. These services in the past have been held in the manse, but with COVID numbers, it's obviously far too soon to start that again. We can social distance much more easily in St Mary's Hall. As in the past, we'll start at five o'clock with a meal together, followed by a short informal service, and everything will be done by seven in the evening. Everyone of any age is welcome to come along. This morning, the service in Bigger is being led by the Bigger Youth Fellowship in the form of Cafe Church in St Mary's Hall. We can't record the service in the normal way, so Blackmount and those watching on YouTube are getting me instead. We will, however, on YouTube incorporate some of the elements of the youth service. As we continue with our series on climate, the climate crisis in the lead up to COP26, we'll be looking today at the part that intergenerational relationships play in this crisis and what the Bible has to say about that. So as we think about God's creation, let's begin our worship by singing together for the beauty of the earth. Let us pray. Lord God, we worship you and praise you for the beauty of this world, for your incredible, majestic, awe-inspiring creation. We praise you for your attention to detail and your concern for the macroscopic and the microscopic. We praise you that your creation is infused with your love, that your creation displays your glory. Thank you, Lord, that we are your image bearers. Thank you for the gifts you've given us, for creativity, for passion, for hope. Thank you most of all for your son who came to redeem the world, to be our saviour and the saviour of your creation. Forgive us, Lord, when we abuse your world, when we are poor stewards of what you have given to us. Lord, we pray that you will speak to us today. Convict us. Forgive us, inspire us, encourage us, and compel us to follow the path you lay before us in order to be your hands and feet in the world, particularly in relation to climate change. And as your forgiven children, we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for the kingdom the power and the glory are yours forever amen cop 26 and the climate crisis people of all ages talking about it, from Greta Thunberg, who was only 15 when she hit the world stage standing up against climate change, to David Attenborough, who's in his 90s, and even in recent days, the Queen, who we know is a good age too. When young people speak out about the climate crisis, they often express anger at the mess that we and previous generations have created and left for them and their children to deal with. There's frustration from some older folk that the young are all about talk but no action. And with this crisis, there is stress at every level and age, which often leads to generalizations, assumptions and prejudices between generations. Intergenerational issues have been around for a very long time, and not surprisingly, the Bible has a lot to say about them. This morning, the young people have taken as their key verse in the service they are leading, Psalm 145, verse 4, which says, One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your marvellous acts. God's name will be exalted across and between the generations, and people of all ages will praise him. The Youth Fellowship have been looking at the idea of bridge building, both literally and metaphorically literally in the sense of building living bridges to help combat the effects of climate change, but also building bridges between the generations as we do God's work. They found a great film produced by the BBC as part of the Human Planet series that illustrates this beautifully. You can find it on YouTube. It's called The Living Bridges of Meghalaya. The link will be on the description of the video. So let's first meet the youth group and then watch a snippet of that film.
1: Hi, I'm Anna. Hi, Hi, I'm Evie.
0: Sure by that? No. Sure. You sure? No. Yeah. Every week at Youth Group we have an adult come to help and it's really fun because we get to ask them any question we want.
1: Every week we have a big fire and we're not allowed to step in it because otherwise you die. <laughs> <laughs> no! Oh, kind of like-
0: My favourite part of the youth group is probably the fun games in the woods because it's really fun at night and um, also sometimes scary. <laughs> yeah,
1: some of us got pancakes to head! Everyone's favourite part uh, is the snacks, which for snacks we have the s'mores. We toast the s'mores, the marshmallows on the
0: fire, and then squash it between two biscuits with chocolate. About the story of Pentecost in Acts chapter two, and we made up actions for our own memory verse. sound,
1: Ooh.
0: Ooh. <laughs> like the blowing <laughs> of a swing <violent> <laughs> came from heaven Ooh. and filled the whole house. Ba-boom. Ba-boom. <laughs> <laughs> Where they were sitting. <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> right. The topics we've been learning about have been gathering together wind, <laughs> right. fire and share. Because our last topic was share, we thought we would share with you what we've been doing at Bigger Youth Group.
1: Hashtag French Club! Club.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. <laughs>
1: let's turn now to read god's word together our first reading is from 1 peter chapter 5 and we begin with the first verse to the elders among you i appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of christ's suffering who also will share in the glory to be revealed Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Then we turn to the first letter of Timothy, chapter 4, and we begin at the ninth verse. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive because we have put our hope in the living God who is the Savior of all people and especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him, as if he were your father. Treat younger men as your brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity this is the word of god amen
0: thank you mike for reading two extracts from new testament letters one written by paul to timothy his young protege who was in church leadership and the other written by peter to the persecuted church both have things to say about intergenerational relationships, both now and then. We all know that relating across the generations is not always easy. The term generation gap isn't a misnomer, it's real. There's often a huge gap between the experiences, skills, ideologies, worldviews and day-to-day life of different generations. Whether you're a baby boomer or a millennial, a builder or a Gen Y, there are going to be differences in your outlook and the way you think and behave. And that's not necessarily wrong. What's important is how we relate to God and grow in our faith and how we relate to one another. So let's look at what these passages tell us about how older generations should treat younger generations and vice versa. And finally, how God wants us to relate to each other, whatever our age, And whoever we're relating to before we go further please note that when i refer to elders i'm referring to anyone who is older than somebody else i'm not referring to ordained elders in the church for example this could refer to an old person in a relationship with a younger person but it could also refer to the relationship between an older child in p6 and the younger child in P1 that they've been asked to buddy. So how do the elders relate to the younger generation? In Peter's letter, he uses a very familiar biblical picture as he writes about how elders should relate to the younger generations. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. The shepherds who are older And their shepherding is about how they relate to others who are younger. What did it mean to shepherd a flock in those days? Well, the sheep basically roamed free. They were allowed to wander looking for food in the scrubland. But the shepherd was always on hand to guide them, protect them, and lead them in the right direction. In Peter's words, to watch over them. Just as we see in Psalm 23, or in Jesus' description of himself as the good shepherd. Shepherds were faithful and consistent in their care for each and every sheep. So elders should be there to give guidance, protection and godly leadership to the young, whilst not cramping their style or controlling how they live out or grow in faith. A difficult balance and one anyone who has had teenagers will know is hard to navigate. But Peter explains how to do this in more detail. He says, we shepherd others because we are willing, not greedy for money, or in other words, out to get something for ourselves, but in order to serve. This immediately makes me think of the climate crisis. How much is the mess we are in and passing on to our children because of our desire to get something for ourselves? The greed of my and previous generations that's led to where we are today in relation to climate change. Selfishness can never play a part in the way elders treat a younger generation. Peter goes on to say that being a shepherd is not lording it over those entrusted to you. I think this is crucial in the how of relationships between the generations. We should be careful to never lord it over those younger than us or be arrogant or controlling. Rather, Peter says, older people are to lead by example, to live lives that are imitable or worthy of imitation because they bring glory to God. Lives others will want to follow, not just in the sense of following on Twitter or Facebook, but in how they live out faith in daily life. This is a prerequisite, in Peter's mind, of being that shepherd. It's a tall order, but when God is in the midst of our relationships, nothing is impossible. Who, I wonder, were the people you have imitated or followed in your Christian walk, in your daily life? For me, I think of two people. One was an elderly gentleman called Harold, who was my Sunday school teacher. I wanted to have faith like him, and it was through him that I came to faith aged 11. Another was a senior Christian nurse I worked with when I was a student. I watched the way she treated patients, the way she listened to them and spoke to them. And I wanted to imitate her. She was so kind, caring and gentle, but also very professional. She profoundly influenced my practice as a nurse. Maybe you can think of elders in your life who've influenced your walk of faith, people who you have wanted to imitate or whose example you have followed. In Paul's letter to Timothy, we get a hint of something else that I think is very important in the way elders treat the younger generation. Timothy was a young man and Paul was definitely his elder, but Paul makes it clear that he believes that Timothy is a gifted leader. Paul does not write him off because of his age, but reminds Timothy that he's been given a gift by God, which he's to use, and that was affirmed by the elders. In fact, Paul says to Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. In other words, don't let them lord it over you. And to the elders, don't look down on anyone just because they are young. I love the way Paul is so affirming. And how the system in the church of his day was also affirming, with elders laying hands on young people like Timothy to show their support for his gifts and calling. As we relate to those who are younger than us, we should affirm their ideas, gifts and where appropriate leadership abilities. The Bible is full of young people called to lead. It was wonderful for us as parents to listen to the positive feedback After Rachel preached last Sunday, thank you to those who were so encouraging towards her. Let's be sure to be encouraging young people in their calling. Elders should be careful not to squash the voices or dampen the spirits of younger generations, including children, but rather affirm their God-given gifts and encourage them to use those gifts, allowing them to flourish. God can and will speak through them. As young people raise their voices passionately about climate change, as they rally together to cry out for practical interventions in this climate crisis, as they use their knowledge and their expertise and the gifts God has given them, let's listen and then act together with them to bring about real change. And now let's look at how young people should relate to their elders. Peter writes young people in the same way be submissive to your elders our culture today rebels against the idea of submission many people sit in judgment over those of those in authority over them and only submit when it's convenient or because of fear of being caught and punished but peter is clear that the young should submit he says in the same way as the elders lead what does in the same way mean just as the elders were to shepherd willingly so younger people are to submit willingly to the elders who've been appointed by god to lead them parents teachers ministers bosses of course, if an elder abuses their role and doesn't shepherd in the way described by Peter, but is controlling, abusive or cruel, then there should be no longer be the expectation of submission. What is amazing to me is how Paul complements this, compliments this instruction to submit. In his letter to Timothy, he says, Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he was your father. On Tuesday, we we were discussing this passage and we asked Mike to check out the Greek for this. The word used for exhort here is parakaleo, which is the word used for what the Holy Spirit does when he comes alongside, revealing Christ to us. So Paul is saying that young people should not just submit to their elders and be patient with them, but should come alongside them as encouragers, revealing Christ by the way they live and love. I think that's beautiful. He goes on to describe how the elderly should be cared for practically by the young within the context of the extended family and the church. So elders should be leading and guiding younger generations, not with force or control, but by being living examples of faith in daily life and affirming their God-given gifts. The younger generation are called to submit to their elders, whilst at the same time walking alongside them, encouraging them as they live lives that reveal Christ, as well as providing needed practical care. Finally, there are three things that Paul and Peter say apply to everyone, and I think are vital as we look at intergenerational relationships. Peter writes, All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. This is a theme we find throughout the Old and New Testaments. Humility. Micah said, do justice, love mercy and walk humbly with your God. Good works are meaningless without humility. Jesus, we read in Philippians 2, being the very nature of God, humbled himself, taking the nature of a servant and dying on the cross. There is no place for pride or arrogance in the Christian life. Humility is not weakness. Humility is confidence properly placed in God. I'll say that again humility is confidence properly placed in God we are all called to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might not our own it is when we all young and old depend totally on God that we will find joy and freedom in relating to one another. Secondly, as we relate to one another and to the world, Peter tells us to cast all our anxiety on him, on God that is, because he cares for us. There is so much to be anxious about, especially in the context of climate crisis. There's even a name for it. It's called eco-anxiety. So much attention on the doom and gloom. God is not saying there are no reasons to be anxious but he is saying that he is ultimately in control and we can bring those anxieties to him, knowing that he is trustworthy and eventually all will be well. It doesn't take away the call on us to act and do all we can to turn the tide on the climate crisis. But when the anxieties seem overwhelming, we do not need to be overwhelmed. We can, whatever our age, go to him because he cares for us. I think implicit in what Peter is saying is that our antidote to anxiety is not only that we know that God cares for us, but when the church functions well, we also have a community of people of every generation who listen to one another and act together, who also care. And finally, Paul instructs Timothy to teach his congregation that as well as encouraging the older men as fathers, they should treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. In other words, when we think about intergenerational relationships, we think family. What is the inheritance elders want to leave to the younger generation? And what will the younger generation do with the inheritance they receive? And how does the Bible say we should treat each other across the generations as family, with love, grace, patience, compassion, and our eyes firmly fixed on Jesus? Let us pray. Lord God, as we relate to each other across the generations. We ask you to help us to be humble, to cast our anxieties on you and to remember that we are family. And as we face this climate crisis together, Lord, help us to work together young and old. We pray these things in your name, amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your provision for us. Thank you that we can trust you to meet our needs. Lord, today we offer you our gifts of money, time and service with grateful hearts. Accept them and use them for your glory. As we think about what your word says about relating across the generations, we pray for people of all ages today. Lord, we pray for our children and young people. We pray for them as they cope with all the pressures, changes and challenges of the last 18 months. Father, draw close to those who are struggling. Lord, bring them healing, encouragement and hope. Thank you for our teachers. Bless them as they work so hard and commit so much of themselves to our young people. In the silence, we bring young people we know and love before you. Lord, we pray for parents who often feel overwhelmed with the responsibilities of nurturing and guiding children and teenagers. Give them patience, wisdom, and love that comes from you. In the silence, we bring parents we know and love before you. We pray for the elderly, particularly those who are ill or lonely. We bring before you all who are in care homes and who have been separated so much from family. We pray for the staff in care homes who work so hard. In the silence, we bring the elderly we know and love before you. We pray for folk of any age who have experienced loss, whether loss of a loved one, loss of health, financial loss or loss of faculties. Lord, by your spirit, bring your comfort and healing in the silence we bring before you those we know and love who have experienced experience loss lord help us to be the church you have created us to be a family who care for one another and build each other up we pray these things because we know we can trust you Help us to cast our anxieties on you. In the name of Jesus, amen.